Good morning. How are we doing? How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Awesome, awesome. Hey, can I, be, can I just be honest with you guys uh, right now? Um, this is one of the, this passage that I was assigned today, I think Jim is trying to mess with me, um, is one of the hardest passages uh, I have ever had to go through uh, in my time in ministry because it talks about this guy named Antichrist, okay? Um, and if and I'm sure you guys have been seeing these emails about me getting ordained, right? Um, and I'm like, wow, that's so antichrist-like. Oh, man. Uh, but um, this was one of the hardest sections for me to talk about the end times, to talk about the uh, eschatology of, of the Bible. Um, I did terrible. <laughs> and when I say terrible, it's the only thing that this council, uh, these four dudes who are just smart um, and, and they just knew the Bible, this is what they said, hey, you need to work on this. <laughs> you need to work on this because it was pretty rough. Um, and uh, after a two and a half hour interview, this was the last part we had to talk about and I did terrible. Um, and it's not because uh, I didn't know. It's because I literally could not explain these hard, big words. Um, and so, uh, so just to be honest with you, I might be leaning on my notes a lot. Um, and the first part of this might be really educational, okay? Uh, and, and this is good for us as a church because I think uh, as a church, we look at the Bible and we don't think about education and, and what we could learn, for, like, as far as uh, learning truths and, like, facts, uh, we don't look at the Bible in that way. We, sometimes we just look at it as a guide. Uh, but there's a lot of truth. There is a lot of good things to learn from uh, as far as end times, as far as uh, things within Scripture. Um, and so uh, I'm going to just, here's the structure for today, okay? Here's the structure for today um, for, for you guys to be able to keep track with me. Uh, and at the same time, this is my comfort zone to be able to have this structure in my own head, um, okay? Uh, the first part you're going to see is the Antichrist, okay? Uh, that guy, all right? The next president, apparently, okay? Um, <laughs> All right, and then the, the second part is the disciples of the Antichrist. You guys, not me, but you, okay? Uh, and, and then the third part is this, this part I can't wait to get to. I really can't wait to get to uh, because the Apostle John is so straightforward. Um, and here's a snippet of what he says. He says, you know the truth. I'm writing to you because, not because you don't know the truth. I'm writing to you because you know the truth. And, and that's literally what he says. You know the truth. Um, and so, uh, no, let, let's dive right into this together. Uh, we're going to read the passage and we're going to pray together after. Okay, we're going to read this passage and we're going to pray together. So in 1 John, starting in verse 18. Is that, is that me? That buzz? I'm sorry. Do you guys want me to use a handheld? It's okay? All right. So let's read this. In 1 John uh, chapter 2, 18 to 23, it says this. Children, it is the last hour, 
and as, have you, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be clear that none of them belong to us. Verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Have written not, uh, I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you do know and because it, no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar if not the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. Will you pray with me? God, this morning, um, God, we, do, we just want to, we just want to learn. I pray we come with an attitude of, of learning, an attitude of, of just humbling ourselves before you and your word and, and just learning about what you want us to know. God, I know there's been a lot of noise, uh, you know, as far as news, as far as um, social media, and, and, and it's a lot of noise that we get ourselves distracted with. And so I do pray that we could just block those things out and we can learn truth about you. We could rest in your word. We could be refreshed by you. And uh, God, I, I pray that I can be an agent of that. Um, so God, I, I just pray... Um, that God, we, we will know uh, at the end of this message that we are loved and that we are a redeemed people and that you want us and that you want us to lean into you. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That first verse, um, I'm going to portion this, this part out, right? Uh, and, and he says this in, uh, in verse 18. He says, children, um, children, okay? There, there's, there's this intimacy aspect that, that the Apostle John has with this letter, okay? He is writing this letter to most likely those churches that you see in Revelation, those seven churches, right? He is writing this letter to them, and he's saying uh, he has this intimate relationship with them. And he says, children, believers in Christ, followers, uh, the churches that follow the word, the churches that follow God and his son and have the Holy Spirit children, right? And he says, it is the last hour. Uh, throughout scripture, you see the day of the Lord is coming near. It is the last hour. Right? When Jesus came in all his deity and all his humanity, when he came right, as a baby and then he died on the cross and then he rose again and then went back into heaven, uh, the last hour began. And so this is why John is, is saying, children, fellow believers in Christ, right? it is the last hour. And so uh, if someone ever asks you, okay, and for some reason I get asked this a lot, hey, are we in the end times? Do you believe that we're in the end times? Right? The answer is yes. 
Okay, the answer is yes, we are in the end times because Jesus is in heaven and we are waiting for a second coming for him to come back. And so we are in the last times. Okay, but if someone tells you that Jesus is coming tomorrow, all right, or in 2023 or in 2024 or in the next few minutes, I ask you to politely tell that person, ma'am, sir, He's not. You could shake him and say, he's not. He's not coming. He's not coming at all. Right? Oh, let me rephrase that. He is coming, but not when you think. Okay? Because you said he's coming tomorrow, he's not coming tomorrow. Because scripture is pretty clear as far as when Jesus is coming back. Okay? We don't know the hour. We don't know the time. We don't know when. The only person who does know that is Jesus himself. And so this is what... John is writing to his people, to these churches. That's like me writing to Roots Church, right, uh, to Kingdom Life, to Fellowship Church, to the surrounding churches around and saying, guys, it is the last hour. It is the last hour. And he goes on to say this, uh, and, and this is where we talk about the Antichrist, right? And, and he says this, and as, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, that the Antichrist is coming, I hate this guy. He's the guy that made me struggle, right, during ordination. Um, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And for those of you guys, uh, you probably have, if you've been in church for a while, you've heard this term Antichrist. Uh, and if, if you're a kid in here um, and you're, you're hearing the first time of the Antichrist, I'm sure you're going to check out because that's what I did. And to this day, I still check out when I hear about the end times and when I hear about the Antichrist. Because I know he's coming. I know he's going to be a bad guy. I know he's going to be an absolute turd, right? A, a absolute jerk, right? Uh, I know he's going to be a guy who's going to really draw people away from Christ. And so um, in Revelation and in Second Thessalonians, right, there's these characteristics of who the Antichrist is. And so straight from Scripture, here's who he is. And so uh, right here in Second Thessalonians, this is the Antichrist, the guy, okay? I don't know if it's going to be the next president. You could be sitting next to him right now, okay? It could be Billy, okay? Uh, and so... Second Thessalonians says this, this is what the Antichrist is like. He is the anti-Messiah. He is the anti-Jesus. He is the guy who is going to go against the truth of Jesus. Every single aspect about Jesus, he's going to say, I do not like that about him. And we are seeing that, a lot of that today. Okay, we are seeing lawlessness happen. Okay, this is what he is. He's going to be lawless. Okay, um, he's going to proclaim himself as God. We've had a lot of those people who pretty much we worship as God. Okay, and I don't mean to bring uh, this up. Every single president somehow, someway, uh, they, they end up getting worshipped by someone. I saw this video of a guy praying to Trump. And uh, it's just really weird that that is happening. Right? That's like you praying to uh, your husband and, or, or me praying to my wife and saying, Janine, please provide for me today. You see how, how foolish that is? Right? Janine, please comfort me and shelter me and keep me warm. The warm part can happen, but, right? Um, but the whole shelter and protection stuff, like, isn't that just weird to pray? Like, I just want you to see how foolish that is. Praying to someone you, 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 right next to you. 
Okay? This is the characteristics. He's going to lead people away from Christ. Um, we've had those people enter this church. We've had those people enter J Road with, with teaching that goes against Christ, with teaching that has, goes against God's word. But here's the characteristics of, but he's going to be really good at it. He's going to show you that Jesus is not good. He's going to trick you. He's going to help you deny your faith. Where do you think those questions of, if God is so good, then why is there evil come from? Right? Why do good people die? That question of why do good people die, you know, Scripture is pretty clear that no one is good, no, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. And what's funny, right, uh, what tricks us into thinking um, that God is not good is, is these Netflix documentaries where we stack up ourselves against these murder mystery thingies, right, um, that we, we think we're better than a dude named Jeffrey Dahmer. Right? We're, we're better than a dude than Harvey Weinstein. We're better than a dude. Uh, the, we're better than Hitler because we didn't murder people. Right? Do, do you see how self-righteousness gets in the way of thinking these guys are so bad. Good thing I'm not like them. But scripture is pretty clear. You are just like them. You are as, if anything, you're worse off than they are. You just could hide it much better. He's going to oppose God. He's going to be the object of worship. My favorite part, he's going to be doomed to destruction. Revelation. In Revelation, here's here's what it says. Um, He's going to be allowed to exercise authority. He's going to have power. He's going to have influence. A lot of influence. Okay? And he's going to speak against God's name. Okay? Okay? here, here's ways we speak against God's name, that God, you are not good. You don't care about me. You don't protect me. You don't love me. You just let, you just show up uh, when you want to, right? These are the things he's going to speak into us. And he's going to say, look, Jesus, Jesus doesn't care about you. I care. The Antichrist is going to say, I care about you though, right? He's going to rule every tribe, people, language, and nation. He's going to be a good ruler. People are going to worship him. And these are the characteristics of that guy, of the Antichrist. Okay? And here's what the second part says, right? Here's what John says, um, right? That Antichrist might be here. He might be born. He might have just gotten born. Um, I don't know, right? Uh, but here's what makes sense. Here's, here's what makes sense to us today. Here, here's what becomes real to us today, right? Even now, many antichrists have come. The antichrist, right, is coming. We're not sure if, if, if he's born yet or if he's here or if he's in a different nation, all right, or what color he's going to be, okay? But here's something that really makes sense. Here is the reality 
of what is happening. Even now, many antichrists have come, many false teachers, many false prophets. And the sad reality of this is you could possibly be sitting next to someone who is a sidekick of the antichrist, who is a disciple of the antichrist, who is a follower of the antichrist. And the other thing is that it could be you. It could be you. And I hope it's not. I really do hope that you are not a sidekick of the Antichrist. And, and this is, here are some tendencies of what the sidekicks do here, okay? Here's, here's some tendencies. It says this, the first description of what we get of what a mini sidekick of an Antichrist is. It says this in verse 19. And they went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. And however, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belongs to us. Isn't that, the way John writes is so interesting. He could have just said, they were with us, but now they're not. Okay? <laughs> but he says, this is how you can tell right, that someone is a disciple of the Antichrist or has Antichrist tendencies. Right? When the going gets tough. They don't lean on the church. When they get called out for sin, when they call, get called out for, for being a, a jerk, when they get called out for their character not matching up with Christ, right, they run away from church. They don't lean in. They don't lean into to that rebuke. They don't lean into that criticism. And not only that, they don't lean into Christ. You could tell someone who has this tendency to be against Christ is when they leave the church. Um, look, I, I don't want you to hear this. That if you have, if you're coming from a different church, uh, you're the Antichrist. No, <laughs> that's not what I want you to hear. Um, I know there are some bad churches out there. Roots Church. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Michael. No, that place is great, man. That place, that place is great. <laughs> right. Um, I, I understand there are some bad churches, bad leadership, um, and all that. And if you're coming from that, I'm so sorry. But that is not a representation of what the body of Christ truly is. But at the same time, I want you to remember that the body of Christ it consists of some really bad people, <laughs> okay? It consists of some former sinners who have done some really bad things. And so I ask, if you have come from a, a terrible church background and you enter into this place, that you come in with forgiveness, that you will forgive the, the people, the body of Christ. And so... Here's how you could tell um, a perfect example of, of, of I, th I think, a perfect example of uh, how you could tell someone belongs, right, who, who has the Antichrist tendency. So my wife and I, we love the beach, okay? We love the beach. My skin is naturally like, like this, right? And, and God was, was like, yo, you got to be by the sun. I gave given you skin to absorb sun rays, Right? And so uh, Janine and I will go to the beach pretty much practically every single day during the summer. Um, we'll spend hours sitting, okay, sitting, sipping on some water, right, Zevias, 
okay? I know you guys are like, no, you probably have a water bottle of something else. No, um, okay? Uh, all right, and we'll just sit there. And one of my, I think one of our favorite things to do is just people watch, right? People are funny, right? People are real funny at the beach because you could tell who belongs to the beach, okay? Uh, pasty people, right? That's so, it's the chances of you being at the beach for a while. Um, you probably don't really like the beach, okay? You could tell when someone comes in with sneakers and jeans uh, and, and a hoodie. Have you ever seen the hoodie guy who goes to the beach, right? It's pretty clear, hey, man, you, uh, you don't like the beach, <laughs> right? Um, and, and outwardly, you could really see that, but then uh, you see other beachgoers who, who go there. They sit, and the moment it gets hot or windy or, or something like that, right, they leave. Right? They can't hang. It, it gets hot. They won't even step into the water because it might be dirty or something, okay? But the people that do belong at the beach, they know what they're doing. They'll just face the other way where the wind is not hitting them. They got umbrellas, right? They're dipping in to the, to the water, and regardless of whether it's mucky and all that stuff. And they're reapplying sunburn because they're, they're prepared and they belong at the beach. And it's the same aspect, right, of that here's how we could tell someone has this anti-Christ tendency, is that when the going gets tough, right, they don't lean into the church. They don't lean into Christ. They don't ask wisdom from people who have matured in their faith. They don't just ask questions, right? They just leave. And so my question to you is, is do you have that tendency? When life gets hard, where do you lean into? When life gets hard, who do you trust? Who do you dive in the lake with? Because in order to belong, right, you got, you got to lean into something. And what, what John is saying, look, they didn't belong with us because they didn't remain with us because they didn't lean on us. They didn't lean on Christ. But to those who did belong, they leaned in. They asked questions. They trusted the Lord. They trusted the process of following Christ. And here's the, the other tendency of, uh, of what an antichrist is, of, of what a mini antichrist is. In verse 22, we're going to skip down just a little bit. In verse 22, who is the liar if not the one who denied that Jesus is the Christ? This one is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father as well. Someone who has Antichrist tendencies, right, just simply denies Jesus. What the people were going through in this time, the writers that, that um, or the churches that John was writing to, what they were going through. They were hearing teachings such as this, right? This, this is this thing called Gnosticism, okay? It's this idea that uh, Jesus wasn't fully human when he came. He was just a spirit, okay? He was just a spirit. Okay, so they were attacking the character of Christ. 
And here's the other thing, right? That God, who is evil, created the earth, and Jesus came to free it. So this, this is the stuff that was being taught to them. They were denying the fact that Jesus and, and the Father are one. And, and they were, uh, so, so that's the types of teaching that they were dealing with. And today, uh, we kind of deal with the same thing. Okay, and, and this question, I really struggle with this question because I hate it at the same time. Uh, and, and I understand it, is that uh, people will ask, why is God different in the Old Testament Versus the New Testament. Why is Jesus so much more likable? Right? They separate the character of God and Jesus. They separate the truth of God angry, God mad, God evil, God going to war. And here's Jesus. Right? Warming us up. Protecting us. Saying how much he loves you. But in Genesis, it shows us that God... The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one, and they created us. They created the earth, and they are one. And so they are not different people. When God was angry in the Old Testament, Jesus was angry. When God was hurt in the Old Testament, Jesus was hurt. They are one. They are not separate beings. And maybe that was a little too, too much, right? Um, I just want you to look at your life. Evaluate your life right now. Where have you denied Jesus? And I'm talking about to the littlest of things, okay? Your money, right? Does that belong to Jesus? Or is it yours? Your time. Is Jesus part of a list? Or is he allowed to wreck your list? Something real simple happened this morning for me. Um, Guys, I've been spending a lot of time in this passage. um, And it's really uncomfortable. And, and, and what really, I was just asking God, man, God, what, what sets me apart? What makes me not like the Antichrist? Um, and it's something so simple. I was about to pour my second cup of coffee. <laughs> I was about to pour my second cup of coffee when I got here. And um, because I'm just wired and I'm like, man, God, I, I was concerned. I was worried. I was anxious, right? Um, because I'm like, man, I just don't feel as confident uh, and while I was about to press this button on this dumb curry coffee, which is not even good, um, and just drench it in creamer, um, I just felt the Lord just saying, hey, man, don't take that cup. Don't take that cup. Go into your office and just be confident in me. Just trust in me. Right? Something so simple where it makes me understand who I belong to, just listening to that voice of saying, hey, trust in me, be confident in me, be confident in the work that you put in. Um, and the other thing, right? Uh, one of my, like, Jim and I have been pushing people to share their testimonies more and more and more. 
Okay? More and more and more. And, and this goes into the next verse. It goes into the next verse. And it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I have not written to you because you don't know the truth, but because you, you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Um, we've, every time we have baptisms here, uh, we, we get people, I immediately ask Jim, did you ask them, or even Jim will ask this, did you ask them to share their story? Um, and most of the answers we get as far as baptisms go, because uh, we'll say, hey, uh, before you get baptized, can you share your story? Uh, most of the times we'll get is, no, I'm too scared. Right? No, I'm too scared. I don't do well in front of, uh, in, speaking in front of people. Well, I don't do well speaking in front of people too. Here I am. Right? Um, and, and I think it goes deeper than that. Um, and the reason why we ask this question of, hey, can you share your story? Is because we want to hear a few things. Do you know Jesus? Has he truly changed your life? Can you articulate the gospel? The simplest truths that Jesus died for you. Can you articulate that? That Jesus saved you from whatever addiction or whatever addiction you are currently struggling. Can you articulate that Jesus is constantly saving you and that he died for you and he rose again for you. And so you want your family to love Jesus also and you want your life to be changed because of the saving grace of Jesus. Can you articulate those things? Can you articulate the time when you experienced Jesus where he changed your life? Can you explain that to the church? Because if you can't, why not? And it's hard for me not to think maybe you don't have the story. Maybe you don't have that Jesus story. Because baptism, right, is this public declaration of celebration of us as a body of Christ saying, that person belongs. That person gets it. That person has a good foundation in the start of his relationship with Jesus. And this is what Paul, what John is saying. You have an anointing. Back in the Old Testament, Moses would take olive oil and just put it on things, right, to separate it and say, this is for God's special use. And this is what John is saying. Okay, I know you are not of the Antichrist. You have an anointing. You have the promise-sealed Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit that can never be taken away. And that Holy Spirit in John 16 where he says, right, it's going to be your comforter. He's going to be your convictor. He's going to remind you of all the truth about Christ and his commands. And here's the thing, okay, they did not have the Bible like we do. They did not have the truth written out like we do. But we do now, and we have the truth, and we know. And so the same thing goes to you, right? This encouragement. Jericho Road Church, you know the truth. You who are sitting here, you know the truth. You know who Jesus is. But sometimes we forget. 
Sometimes we forget who Jesus is and we need to be reminded of who he is. And this is what John is saying. You know the truth. You know who Jesus is. Say it. Jesus is love. Jesus is mercy. Jesus is good. Jesus is gracious. Right? Jesus is everywhere. He is all powerful. Right? He cares for you. He protects you. He provides for you. This is who Jesus is. You know the truth. He died for you. Okay? He is fully God. And when he came to this earth, right, he was fully human. He knows your pain. He gets you. He's sympathetic towards you. He's apathetic towards you. He understands who you are. This is the truth about Jesus. He knows you. And this is what John is saying. You know the truth. Jesus was not just a spirit. He was fully human. He was fully God. Jesus, uh, God is not evil. God created us so he could save us, so he could see, we could see his goodness, so that we could see the greater good come into completion. This is the truth. And this is what John is saying. You know the truth. In times where you feel like you want to deny Jesus. In times where you want to push back and not come to church. Right? John is clear and he says, hey, remember the truth. Again, um, if you miss a few Sundays, I'm not saying that's bad at all. Take vacations. You need them. All right, you need them. Um, but I'm saying if your tendency on a Sunday morning is not to join in because you are tired, because you don't want to come, because you have work the next day, or you had just a crazy day and your tendency is not to lean in into crisis people, um, it's pretty clear where your tendency is as far as being antichrist. And so I ask you guys, I ask you as a church, please lean in to the truth of Christ. Please lean in to Jesus. Please lean in, lean in to his people. Um, last story. Um, my wife is, is in her last semester of nursing school. We have been waiting for this. All right. Um, We, when we first moved here, uh, we, this was our prayer. God, what do you want? What do you want? Um, and year, I think, three, coming into uh, living in Michigan, right, from, from Jersey to, to Michigan. Uh, year three, God made it pretty clear, hey, you should go into nursing school. Um, and a few days ago, Janine came crying. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She cries a lot. She cries a lot. <laughs> if you know me uh, crying, I don't know what to do. <laughs> when people cry, I'm like, ah. uh, so Loretta, when you were like, I think I'm going to cry, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but, you know, she came home a few days ago, uh, finished her last clinical day, and she said, and she was just, she was crying with joy. Um, and she was just talking to me, and, and, she, and I, was I was actually listening, um, right? And she was just like, she was like, I don't, still don't know what I want to do. 
I'm like, dang, you're last semester. You don't know if you want to be a nurse? <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I should apply. I don't know if I should do all these things. And I'm like, and then, like, I didn't say nothing. And then she started to say, people have been saying how good I would be at, in the ICU unit. People have been saying how great my work ethic is. People have been really affirming and confirming, hey, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Um, in the same way, in this last verse, right, you know the truth. You have the anointing. In times, right, when we have that feeling of, God, do you love me? Do you even want me? Do you even care about me? Right? A perfect time to lean in to his word and to, to his people is right then and there. Those doubts when they creep in. We as a family could say, hey, Jesus does love you. Jesus does care about you. Jesus does see you. He does pay attention. Jesus sees how hard life is right now. He gets it. And so this is what John is saying. Don't pull back, but lean in. Don't pull back from Christ but lean into him and his people. Don't pull back from God's word, but lean into it. Read the truth. Know the truth. And the truth that you know in your mind, speak it into existence. And what, what I mean by that is speak it. Know who Jesus is. And if you're struggling with who, who is Jesus, who is he, um, okay, dive in. Dive into scripture. And if you're trying to figure out, like, man, I don't know the truth, that's good. That's a good assessment. That's a good, honest evaluation. Because you might have not been spending time in God's word, and now's the time to do it. All right? So my charge to you, J-Road, is to lean into Christ's word. All right? Lean into Christ himself and lean into his people. Worship team, you could come up. Uh, let, me, let me pray for us. God, um, I just want to give you all the glory. It's your words being spoken, not mine. It's, I pray that today, this morning, that you will receive all glory and that as a church, God, we, we will elevate you and nothing else. And that our go-to thing to do is that we will lean into Jesus. And in times where we feel doubtful or down on ourselves, that we can be reminded of, Jesus, who do you call us to be? And the word that comes to mind is beloved. We are his people. We are his, his beloved. There's nothing we can do that can tear us apart from you. There's nothing we can say for you to love us anymore. You love us fully and completely. God, I pray um, that we, again, that we will lean into you. And that would be our first thing to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.